The following message is from Pastor Lester Cruzat of Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found at emmanuelcommunity.org. Uh, I was not a follower of Jesus for a majority of my high school years, uh, but one of my classmates uh, and good friend uh, always invited me and our posse to his youth group. And of course, I would only, only, I would only go to the fun things, okay? And um, the fun activities. And um, I would attend a couple of Bible talks here and there. Uh, but during my uh, senior year of high school, there was a summer camp. And during that summer camp, um, they would, uh, they would, my friend would invite us every year to the summer camp. But finally, in my senior year, we were just like, yeah, let's go. It's our final year. We're not going to see each other that much after this, so let's, let's go to this camp together. Um, and so for the summer of 98, we went to this Christian camp, and it was actually uh, a retreat that I first had a real spiritual experience of the living God. With all that was happening at this retreat, I distinctly remember the speaker um, taking me aside uh, and, and just telling me straight up in my face, read the word of God. Um, make sure you love and read the word of God. And I was like, okay. Like, and uh, now, I don't remember any of his talks, but uh, what I do remember is a single phrase uh, from one of his talks that really caught my heart. And it was this, um, Jesus is your friend. And then for some reason, um, it, gave me this mass, it gave me massive amounts of comfort, reassurance, ease from just the self-imposed pressure I gave myself that the only way to succeed in life is to make a lot of money and, and, be, um, and be a doctor for some reason. And um, that, that, just, uh, that just lifted that pressure off of me, just knowing that Jesus can be a friend. Right? But uh, what about that heart-capturing statement, Jesus is your friend, right? that sold me to give my life to Christ during that retreat. Right? I, I heard of him as Lord, uh, mighty, sovereign king. Uh, I was familiar with the truth that he was a savior, but, but friend? Right? Uh, that was different. Um, I you know, I have, a, I have a Heavenly Father guiding me and providing, present, providing me his presence, but in, but in him, I, I, can, I can find a friend, right? It felt revolutionary, but Jesus, my chum, my pal, my uh, good old buddy, right? That's uh, Jesus, my bestie. <laughs> um, we may be similar in that you probably have experienced friendship, but never really pause to really think about friendship itself. What is it about a friend? What, what makes a good friend? Now, if there's any book in the Bible that speaks uh, often, quite often, about friendship, it's the book of Proverbs. Okay? And so uh, maybe we could assemble sort of a, a definition of what true biblical friendship could look like through these verses. Okay, so let's do that. Uh, Proverbs 18.24 says this, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In this verse, we can observe that there can be many companions, but there is a friend. Right? 
What friendship is, is uh, that, you know, pretty much you don't get many. You don't get many. True friendship can actually be more uh, rare. In fact, uh, studies show that we, on average, have the capacity of an average of three to five friends in our inner circle. Another observation from this verse, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, Certain cultures, especially those during these ancient times, they actually valued family as everything. And and to look at this phrase that uh, that actually a friend who sticks closer than actually a a blood brother, that's that's astounding. That's that's crazy. That this person has would have higher obligations or priorities over family? Really? But for a friend to be closer than a brother, that closer than family, a friend breaks through the interrelational walls that family is to occupy and actually moves even closer. We can even look at Jonathan and David, a famous friendship in the Bible, right? A well-known friendship in the Bible. 1 Samuel 18.1 describes the nature of Jonathan and David's friendship. Verse 1, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Look, the, the, their souls were, the picture is uh, two metals welded together, right? Two separate pieces of fabric sewn right together. There is this like real life bond, right? A closeness like no other between them. Good friends find a deep and affectionate bond for one another, and that is for uh, one another. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend is one who loves at all times. Right? They, there, there is a constant presence of this friend. They, they just don't pop their head in every now and then and see how you are. There's an actual journey that is taken together. Through the storms and pits and valleys to the mountaintops and sunbeams of life, they're there with you. They will rise to the occasion in your times of desperation. Proverbs 27.10, do not forsake your friend and your father's friend and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a, a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. As we look at 1 Samuel 18... Proverbs 17, Proverbs 27, we could see a pattern here. We can see what we call uh, covenantal language, covenantal language, knit to soul, love at all times, do not forsake. There is absolutely a covenantal nature to friendship. The survival... um, Rewind. Let me... What do I mean by covenantal, right? What do I mean by covenantal? Okay. So there are, there are covenantal relationships and there, there, there are contracts, right? Uh, the survival of the contract depends on both parties. If you don't hold up your end of the bargain, we're done. The contract is split. It's, it's finished, right? Rather, in a covenant, both parties agree to make good on their responsibilities and duties regardless whether the other party keeps the agreement. So in other words, thus a violation or failure of one side of the covenant does not break the covenant, right? Just as long as the other side continues to faithfully do their part. Right? The survival of the covenant depends on only one. 
Even if you don't do the dishes, I will always fulfill what I said I would do. I will keep my promise. There's where the contract has the if-then condition. Covenants have an even-if, unconditional promise. The contract depends on both parties. If you don't do your chores, we're done, right? If-then condition. Covenant depends on only one of the parties. Even if you don't do your chores, I will always love you, even if intention. Catalyst, youth group, is your relationship with your parents a covenant or a contract? What? Covenant. Some students here are quiet. They're saying, no, it's more like a contract, man. I don't do my chores. I get no screen time. Contracts are conditional. Covenants are unconditional. One is an agreement. The other is a promise, right? One is looking to be fair. The other is looking to fulfill. One is based on legality and law. And the other is a trust-based relationship. Friendship is not meant to be a contract. It, is, it definitely has a covenantal side to it. As was mentioned before, we will have so few of these because the reality of most of our relationships, it's more contractual, right? There's a, there's a contractual bend to it. Or put it another way, um, sounds a little harsh. It's a little consumeristic, okay? You, you will not go or be with the other unless you need them for something, okay? Or if you need something from them. Right? Now, now, I understand I may be oversimplifying. There's different degrees to relationships and all that, but for many of our relationships, it will be more of a functional acquaintance right? than organic anchor-deep friendships, okay? These uh, numerous consumeristic relationships are primarily based on convenience, As we look at these verses, we find that true biblical friendship is defined by commitment. One more, one more. Proverbs 27, 5, 6. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. There are not a lot of relationships in our life that would give us words we need to hear. Words that are needed to bring us a sober view of ourselves. Each of us cannot really see ourselves clearly. We need sober words to set us on the right path after going astray and losing our way. Our words, words that are necessary to reveal the things that we are blind to. So no one sees, as I said, no one sees themselves clearly as good friends sees us. And the counsel of a friend that can bring upon you wounds but exists to better you, that's a true friend. A true friend decides against hidden love and just leaving you be, but gives revealing love through heartfelt, soul-level counsel. A friend decides and risks putting themselves and their relationship with you on the line so that you can be made right again, so you can be made whole, so you could be the best version of yourself. Because by ourselves, if we're left alone, we become the worst version of ourselves, okay? If no one is speaking into our life. So what is true biblical friendship? Let's do this. Let's just do a, let's try to get a, get a definition here. 
uh, from these verses, I would say it's a rare relational bond of affection that is built on and thrives on truth, covenantal trust, and trial. Truth, covenantal trust, and trial. A rare relational bond of affection that is built on and thrives on truth, covenantal trust, and trial. A wise TikTok video once taught me, truly great friends are hard to find, difficult to leave, and impossible to forget. You know, uh, nothing speaks to the truth and the necessity of true friendship than the embodied experience of loneliness. Loneliness. Loneliness is like a pressing and sinking feeling of one who believes they are not seen or heard. You are a person who basically feels unknown. And the loud message, you're all by yourself, self, self, self. is it's, it's overwhelming, right? The loud message in your head, you're alone, right? It's, it's surely a lie, but it's a loud and damaging one, okay? Uh, over the course of this past year, uh, I was actually in a season where things didn't seem, it didn't seem right, okay? Everything felt off, but I, I just couldn't put my finger on it, okay? I started getting anxious, Confused, losing sense of hope and purpose. So I, I, I felt unsteady. I felt clouded. I, I felt sad a lot. Okay. I, as I went on, the, on a pastor's retreat not too long ago, the timing couldn't, couldn't have been better. Right? There was a moment in the schedule where we split up and we, we paired up uh, with, 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 with one other person. And this, this other pastor that I was sharing with, it felt like a mirror image. Okay? It felt like an image. For those of you who know Enneagrams, like I'm, this, this, this pastor was my Enneagram. He was, a, he was an Enneagram 7, uh, an enthusiast, someone that likes fun, okay? And, and I felt like I was talking to an older version of myself, a, a, a very much older version of myself. And uh, during this meeting, I was able to express everything, right, everything to him that, that was going on inside. It's like I just vomited words, right, words, thoughts, feelings. It was, it was like I had a clogged drain, and it was just flushed, right? And what was the result of that time, all of a sudden, there was just like this relief and like this peace, and I felt balanced and like centered again. I wasn't, I wasn't as sad, and as I continued to reflect during the retreat, I had discovered that I had not connected with friends, with my good friends, that I used to have, where I would have deep and revealing conversations with for a very long time prior to that. The oxygen of friendship was not accessed in so long. Right? And, and, that, and, and those connections, they were bypassed, they were put, they were put in the back burner. Why? Because I allowed the busyness of life to consume me, suffocate me, and cut off those much-needed relationships. From it, I had a dose of not only what it feels like to be lonely, but the detrimental and damaging effects of a lonely heart. I, I was lonely, and it needed to be shared and dealt with. I don't know, maybe you can relate. Okay? Uh, Jenny Allen from her book, Find Your People, writes this, and I would probably... 
if there's any book that has really good, uh, it's a Christian book, but it has really good practical advice on how to cultivate friendships, I do recommend this one. Okay? You'll be hearing quotes and some of the ideas are from this book, but she says this, sometimes it's a deeper reality. Life has been so chaotic and stressful for so many years that you accidentally didn't invest in your relationships. And when you look up, your people are gone. It's a profound, in the crevices of our soul's sense of isolation. It's the wondering if you are truly known, seen, accepted, even cherished, such as when you don't know whom to call to pick up at the airport. You have something to celebrate or grieve and no one to celebrate or grieve with. You have an idea you want to brainstorm and you can't think of anyone who'd care enough to dream with you. You're dealing with a difficult situation at work but can't think of anyone safe. You can talk it through with. Most of your friend groups, friend's group is married and starting to have kids, and, and you aren't even dating. You're, you're eating another meal alone again. You're, you're talking to someone you thought was a good friend, but realize you're on completely different pages about important issues. You need to talk, but don't know whom to call. You haven't had, you haven't had anyone genuinely listen to you in so long that you honestly can't remember the last time you opened up. You know, if we just take a moment to slow down from our busy schedules, filled with deadlines, chores, mouths to feed, right, mortgages to pay, hobbies and extracurriculars to enjoy, if you just stop for a moment, right, you might unexpectedly encounter within yourself on a deeper level this fear that we all share and the fear that says, man, I, I really am all by myself. You might even claim to have longtime friends. Right? But you find that it's been a very long time since you practiced deep friendship with one another. The sharing of hopes, dreams, and inner struggles, or revealing of the true condition of your soul, all that just hasn't been happening for weeks, months, even years. How long has it been for you? How long has it been for you? Right? You know, this, this loneliness pandemic has gotten increasingly worse. It, it's, it's reported that it, more than three out of five Americans experience this feeling of loneliness, that there's no one that they can confide in. We are now being warned by experts that loneliness is worse than smoking, obesity, right? lack of access of health, smoking, uh, physical inactivity, and this disease is spreading. Right? It's gotten so bad, that, I don't know if you knew this, the United Kingdom even commissioned a minister of loneliness to address this problem, right? People are, are leaning more and more on non-living objects and technology, right? To find relief from this loneliness, right? And this dependence is only increasing with the rising of AI, right? Replacing the need of human interaction. We live in a hyper-individualistic culture that diminishes good friendships and creates and feeds loneliness. We are saturated with, again, technology, right? trading deep communion for digital communication. Right? We, we live in an age with increasing transiency, investing in relationships that need to time to develop, right? Friendships need time to develop, but only to have them taken away by a better job in a place with better weather, and schools hundreds of miles away, right? The, the depths of our being and the groanings of a, year, of a yearning for connection during our most loneliest of times speaks to the necessity, the importance 
of friendships, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, anyone, anyone outside, inside the faith, everyone needs someone they feel safe with, someone they can trust, and someone they can confide in. Look, your physical, your mental, and your spiritual health is at risk when it comes to having a lack of life-giving relationships. Might be like, wait, why is it like this, right? Why, why in the world is it like this, right? You know, you know, each of us is equipped with this, with a soul that has an appetite and need for deep connection, and and we are undeniably communal beings. Right? We we are created from a communal God, right? God who has that deep interconnectedness, that deep friendship. Actually, within himself, right? The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Look, Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. All right, youth group, what is going on with that passage? What's weird about it? Can you tell me? That, then God said, let us make man in our own image. What, is there something weird there? Anyone? It's nothing weird? What, uh, what our? Yeah. Us. What? What are you talking about, right? God is referring himself into what? The plural. Okay, we, us, our. Right? We, we look in Genesis 1.26, and God even refers, this is Genesis 1.26, we, right? And then, and then we find this God, what did he do? He created. He didn't just make one star. He didn't make one planet. He didn't make one animal. What did he do? He, he, he multiplied, right? He, that's, my, that's my sound effect for multiplying. Um, he made... Everything in abundance, right? Multiplying the living, living creatures from the sea to the air to the land, making communities. He was making communities from his communal nature, okay? Commanding them to multiply and then saying, what? It is? Yeah, it is? Oh, yeah, it's muy bueno, right? So... Why good? Because God was defining what was good. Why was he saying it was good? His creation multiplied, creating self-sustaining, perpetual communities, right? So, so was there anything not good? We know this, right? What was not good? Not good. The only time that things were not good during this time of creation was what? When the first man was alone. Genesis 2.18, it's not good that man is alone. God was saying, it's not good because my creation is not complete. It's not the picture that I wanted. It's not my intention. We see here that being lonely and isolated is not evil because Genesis 3 is when sin and evil entered, right? Before sin invaded God's good creation and it, it was, and before it got broken and polluted, we had this problem. Loneliness speaks of an aspect of his creation that he never intended to remain. Drew Hunter, in uh, his book Made for Friendship, he wrote this. It wasn't idolatry that was the problem that entered creation. It was isolation. God never wanted mankind to be lonely, and it is the gift of deeply connected company that, that, that brings completion to his creation where he can place his stamp of approval and say, Doof. it is good. It is good. I heard, a, I heard a pastor say this once. If you feel lonely, 
It's not because something is wrong with you, okay? but it's because something is right with you. You are not weak or flawed. God has made you in his image for friendship. Okay? To press this point further, God did not create us because he needed us. He created us because he wanted to share the community that he had within himself. All the love, all the glory, all the amazing friendship going on inside of him. He's like, I want others to know this. Okay? I need, this, needs to be, this needs to be spread. All that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit has and is for one another, that is the apex, that is the ultimate picture, that of relational intimacy and joy in their togetherness. There's nothing wrong with you, okay, or in you, or about you when you feel lonely. You feel this press of loneliness, But there's everything right because the creator created you for true friendship. Okay. My lonely season this past year woke me up to these truths. And uh, soon after the pastor's retreat, I, I reconnected with my, uh, the, my friends that the Lord has graciously given me. And we caught up, we shared, we laughed, we prayed together. And man, I, I felt whole again. Listen, friendship is a necessity in the full life God has for you, okay? I'll say it again. Deep, meaningful friendships, it's a necessity to experience the life abundant, uh, an abundant life in Jesus. And I would actually say this. I would actually consider friendship right up there with the rest of the spiritual disciplines, okay? We talk about prayer. We talk about fasting. We talk about Bible reading, we talk about going to church, all that stuff, right? We talk about all these things about getting closer to God, but I would put friendships also up there, right? Right up there. Without them, you'd be drowning, right? In your own mental and physical and spiritual state. You, this is for your livelihood, right? Now, listen, um, Maybe you're one who feels lonely right now, okay? Maybe you've had people in your life, but you feel like they quit on you or left you. Or maybe you've truly had people you can call, or maybe you've actually never had people in your life you could truly call friends. Or maybe you have people that you call friends, but uh, even when you're with them, you feel distant. You feel like, they actually don't, they don't know me. Right? Um, just want to kind of get to the latter closing part of this message. It was just like some four practical things. Just really quick about that. Number one, become. Become. Become what? Become what? The, the qualities that you heard about what makes a good friend, right? It's something that resonates with each and every one of us, right? That's something, oh, man, I, I want that kind of friend, right? But the question kind of turns around on you saying, are you that type of person, right? Are you that yourself of the friend that you want? Okay. Pray that you would become the friend that you would want to have, a caring, trusting, faithful source of accountability and faithful person to another, okay? Are you that? Become, All right? Next, connect, right? Connect. If you have these friends, 
When was the last time you connected and genuinely shared what's on your mind and heart with them, right? And if no one comes to mind, when you think about what a biblical friendship is all about, keep seeking out your people, okay? People that you can call friends. Of course, look, look you're just like, yeah, that's easy, right? No, it's not. It's not. Of course, this is easier said than done. But don't, but just know that our natural default, right, our natural default and posture is that we are all waiting for friendship to find us, okay? And if everyone is on this default posture, right, there's probably a good chance that friendships will be hard to find when no one is initiating, okay? Some of you uh, here are actively and courageously searching for deeper friendships in the church, and I just want to say to you, uh, brother, sister, like, you're a rare breed. <laughs> Keep going. Continue to be proactive, right? And I encourage you to pray to the Lord to give you these friends, right? If you see friendship as a need, you will make space for it and or do what you can to make it happen. Okay. Uh, third, look, look. This is a, this is a tough one, okay? Um, when I observe our junior high youth group, dun, 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 after our service is over, I almost always see the new first-time visitor or even someone who has been coming for a while but is different in some way, shape, or form, they are standing alone and no one is reaching out to them. It's either me or some adult trying to say hi and you think they want to talk to 40-year-old adults? <laughs> Look, it's an awkward thing to meet people for sure, right? It's awkward. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really awkward. It can be awkward, but maybe try to feel like, try to feel what it's like to walk in a room and not know anybody. Okay. It can be lonely, but a simple hello and some questions. Hey, what school do you go to? Where do you live? Showing interest in them, right, can mean the world to that isolated person. To the adults, of our church family. That junior high scenario, it's a microcosm of what is happening at our adult gatherings and times of fellowship. It's painful to even say, but there have been guests, but even longtime members that have left us because they haven't been shown friendly hospitality because we haven't been intentional in looking past our comfortable relational circles. Listen, I'm, I'm not asking us to be best friends with everyone, right? I'm not doing that. That's impossible, right? But Christian love, Christian love shows friendliness to all while enjoying friendship with a few. One more time, right? Christian love shows friendliness to all while 
enjoying friendship with a few. Right? Oh, that's good, right? Thank you, Drew Hunter. Okay. Rest and finally rest. Okay, rest, rest, finally rest. Rest with your greatest friend, Jesus. <laughs> that sounds cheesy, right? <laughs> my greatest friend, Jesus, my pal, right? Your greatest friend, Jesus. Right? He says this, John 15, 12 to 15. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus was basically explaining that the sacrifice and death of the cross was the greatest act of loving, friend, of loving friendship, right? And the cross becomes the way to a new life of what? A covenant friendship with Jesus, right? The one who calls us friends. When was the last time you met with Jesus, not as your Lord, not as your King, not as your Savior, but as your friend? Okay. I mentioned the name Drew Hunter. Okay, Drew Hunter, he, he wrote this book, Made for Friendship. Another book that I recommend because it has such a great theological, um, uh, theolo theological face or lessons on friendship. Love it. He says this, Jesus is our savior and he is our king. He is our truest friend. And when we press into this, here's what we find. The greatest power for becoming a better friend is being befriended by the best friend. Okay. When was the last time you related to Jesus, shared with him, listened, sat at his feet as a friend? Because doing that makes connecting, looking, becoming. You start with him. Man, those first three points that I applications, whatever, that becomes a little easier. May his friendship empower you towards covenantal fellowship. Definition again, true covenantal friendship, a rare relational bond of affection that is built on and thrives on truth, covenantal trust, and trial. The first time that I experienced the sheer power of the covenant of friendship was the fall of 2018. Me and my family suffered excruciating inner pain and hurt and disorientation. Utter so Why is my watch talking? Okay. Um, me and my family suffered excruciating inner, inner turmoil, disorientation, shock, and sadness as we were asked to leave our church family in Chicago, Wicker Park, after just planting it a year and a half ago. Uh, I'm sorry, for just planting it uh, and planting it for a duration of a year and a half. If you ever felt the grief of losing something or felt the sting of rejection as a result, a loss of purpose and worth, that's what me and my family were soaking in. I, I personally felt like no one wanted me not even God, and I was alone. Oh, man. That was a tough, a tough time. Yeah. The following day, I received a call from one of my closest friends who lives out in California. Uh, he's been on this, this whole crazy journey with me of that year and a half of 
of planting that church and, and now listens intently to the heartbreaking news of the loss of a job, um, loss of a dream, and the loss of a church family. Uh, through, our, through our talk, it talks. He enters with me in my pain, sits under the cloud of grief with me, and then asks me, Hey, bro, you and the whole family, why don't you fly out here? Come to California and rest and heal, man. Me and my family would love to have you. It's on us. So we did that. Me and my family and I were on a plane to begin our road of recovery through the care Laughter, embrace of some faithful friends. For the sake of revealing God's glory in what his creation is supposed to be, and for the sake of the very life that he has given you, find your friends, right? Reconnect with your friends. Be with a friend, uh, be a friend to someone who needs it. It's a calling. It's, it's who you are to be in Christ to a select few. Being a close, truthful, trustworthy, and faithful friend until the end, just as Jesus is to you. It, listen, as we move together through this summer, may old and new bonds of good friendships arise amongst our community. May the church be what it was meant to be, a place of mutual edification, with deep connections achieved in mutual friendships, with hospitality, and founded in our friendship with Christ. Lord, be with us and help us to usher in the kingdom of holy friendship and crush the pandemic of loneliness once and for all. Let's pray. Uh, we're going to enter in time of uh, communion soon, but uh, just, I just want to leave, leave you to coming before your friend, Jesus, and I don't know where you're at, right? I don't know where you're at in your relationships and your friendships, but he does, and he wants to bless you. He, wants to, he has blessed you. He's either blessed you or wants to bless you with friendships. Friendships are vital. They are grace given to us to live out what the Lord has called us to. We can't do it alone. Friendship is a gift, is a necessity. So take a moment and come before your friend and say, Lord, and be honest with him. Where are you at? Lord, it's been a while since I connected. Give me the grace and the strength to do that. Lord, help me be a good friend. Help me make friends, Lord. Provide them for me. Please. I need them.